Hey. Hey. Uh, this is the part of the recording where we shit talk Caleb for not being here. One hundred percent got abducted by goblins or something. What a jerk. <laughs> so, guys, if you don't know, what are you doing with your lives? But if you do, welcome back to Gunday Brunch. I am Keith. And I'm Jack. And there is no Caleb because he got lost in the sauce somewhere. Gone. We don't know okay. where. Gone. But we have really funny things to talk about. Thank you to sponsors. Congratulations. You made it on the sponsor banner. Or we just haven't taken you off. So good on you there. Yeah. Our <laughs> is your, your benefit. <laughs> <laughs> to your benefit. I haven't checked that sponsor banner in a minute. I think they're all up to date. <laughs> Top tier, top men, top men, oh, top men. <laughs> so, uh, Jack, what are we talking about today? What kind of crazy? You know, uh, I wonder if there's the any. I wonder if there's any like governing body that's not allowed to make laws, but can suddenly like decide things are no longer what they are. Has oh, decided to once again start with us. <laughs> <laughs> the atf doing atf things again oh well, my god so yes doj at biden's direction we must deal with the spooky ghost guns the specter firearms if you will how long have we i remember like the first time i ever heard of a ghost gun was the dude literally being like these are ghost guns mr 30 like, cal clip in half a yeah, second from california i was like oh, what that's the first time that was like, his first public mention they made this term up they made it up and they put it out here and they're like spooky no serial numbers oh can't, can't find them oh my, where my did they come from where did they go? Where did you come from, Glock 19 lookalike? Like, <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. Dumb. It's, I, I, oh, God, it's so bad. My, like, after, after that point, we're like, oh, my God, they're going to try and make this a thing. You know, those, those cringy people, uh, they're on TikTok now, but we remember them back from Facebook days where they would make a term and then they would force it so hard to try and make it cool, try and make it a thing. That's ghost guns. Like, ghost, yes. ghost gun is... Like, Stop trying to make that It's going to be the hot new terror scare tactic of 2020. And also, so bad. Like, yeah. So, Yes. One, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to be a thing. It's not. <laughs> Two, the I don't know whose idea it was to give Biden one of these things during the press conference, but I, it, it hurts. It hurts it me. Really, it was it was painful to watch. It's generally the painful guy, to watch that man talk in general, and this is right. Me. Like I don't. That that guy was articulate. Like if you look at speeches from many moons ago at one time the man could in fact speak right i obviously i disagree with him on a lot of stuff but at a time this dude was at least articulate there yeah and now i'm like oh who is up there and it's and look oh. i know not to hand my grandparents small items 
it doesn't but you're like have you ever handed your grandparents something like oh a piece of paper i'm like yeah that's about probably the max load efficiency we can mm-hmm. do here handing biden two pieces of a gun and like show these things off he looks just i felt bad that i did that was a moment where i, I legitimately i felt bad for him because he's like no picture that was taken of him at this moment looks good no there's there's nothing about them that makes it look like he's in control of the situation that he's making a definitive decision for for good and to progress things nothing about this nothing about the optics of this was like oh you know what's going on you you sir understand the things because in that speech he trotted out both deer with kevlar yeah and deer with kevlar Kevlar, good old classic deer with kevlar and what's what's the uh what's the other one he always loves to uh he did both of them and i was like aha we got him got them both it's the it's the bingo yeah so i i've certainly noticed that like when he talks about gun control stuff it's like we're talking to someone from the 90s it really is like they keep he's, he's stuck keep, there he's stuck on here with here with kevlar it's like didn't we handle that in 90 like that's what people said in the 90s i remember yeah. in the 90s it was funny to be like why do you need an assault rifle to hunt deer with body armor it's like yeah we dude we we had that argument 30 years ago mm-hmm. and we kind of dealt with it then and it's no longer really been like that's not the argument it's it's not it's not funny anymore guys it's it's not this is this is a way overplayed joke and we're we're just done with it but for anyone who doesn't let me run down what yeah yeah go ahead what so this was originally atf rule 2021-0001-0001 if I'm recalling my, like there was one, two, and three. One was one was frames and receivers, which is the one that just dropped. The second was like stabilizing braces. And I think the third was um, binary force re- reset triggers or something along those lines. But the ATF had three proposals that, be, that have been out for a year now. The frames and receivers one is the one that just dropped. And basically what it comes down to, it's 364 pages of... This is why 80% guns bad and why we need to ban them. And if I had to categorize their first hundred pages of argument, it's that these guns can't be put into an E-Trace system because the number isn't on the side. They don't go into any detail on how many crimes were committed with these things. And then they had any sort of difficulty in like prosecuting that crime, like putting this guy in jail, like, ah, we would have gotten you for murder, sir, but there was no number on the side of your gun. So you're free to go. It, it's painful. They harp on the E-Trace system so long. And like, we, we have a, we have an FFL. So we're part of the E-Trace network. Like I can, I can receive a trace request from the ATF and they can ask me, Hey, did you transfer so-and-so gun, uh, the main, like where, where the gun originated prior to you, it came to you according to the records. And I can go, ah, yes. You know, the ninth gun in my A and D book, my, uh, acquire and disposal book was that gun. And that gun then went that place. And so I, that's, that's how a trace request works, guys, that it comes down from the origin point. They, they find it, 
until it stops, until the chain stops, usually at the last FFL, because then it just goes to an individual and that individual will have it or won't have it. But if they weren't required and to, if they weren't, if that didn't re-enter the trace chain, meaning go back to an FFL, that's where it stops. That's the end. But that's considered a successful trace because they found the end of the trail. I, and I worked for a, a gun store that was very high traffic. We, we put a lot of guns out, you know, through the system and everything. Mm -hmm. A trace request was so rare. Like, I don't think people really understand how, how rarely this system gets used. Maybe once every six months, once a year, there might be a request from somebody to say like, hey, where did this gun go to? And they're not always like high-end crimes. No. Sometimes it's a stolen gun getting traced. Um, and other things along those lines the most not, the most recent one i saw wasn't even necessarily a crime it was just a data search because that's all this is this is data this is information and it was right. somebody it's one of those guys who has way more money than sense and is is just buying guns like left and right because they have that pile of cash and are having fun with their lives and so this dude was transferring a lot of handguns and rifles and the ATF were just like, well, that's a lot. So they submitted a trace request on a, on a few of them. It went through and it came back. And it's like, well, this dude just buys a lot of guns. So some trace requests yeah. are that simple. It's not criminally connected. It's an information draw. So, and, and then when we get to like 80% lowers and stuff like that, these are hobby guns for mm -hmm. the most part. The vast majority of these things are people buying them to say like, hey, I want to try and build this. I, you know, I built one and I will be real with you. I messed up my first one. My first pass, I didn't get it completely like sanded and everything. They don't, so you got to like, you got to try a few times. You got to put it together and then like, okay, cool. I built it. Once I did it, I was like, I have no desire to do another one. <laughs> so yeah, just like, okay, that was fun. I, I've done my one. It's in the safe. I take it out occasionally. I do not feel like James Bond. No, I'm not running. <laughs> the weird uh, part is like I, I bought I bought like my 80% lower, my ghost gun. Mm -hmm. And then I bought a um a, an OEM slide <laughs> that has a serial number on it. <laughs> and like, I put that on there. I was like, oh, that'll that'll do. <laughs> and I, as I understand, like my my 80% according to these new rules I'm grandfathered in I'm fine here's here's we're the not... way like you're grandfathered in in a way that it because we'll we'll go over what the rule says here real quick um the rule was made because these guns are allegedly untraceable and it puts a lot of it puts a lot of stock on how useful traceability is but if you dig into like the failed background check numbers and the prosecution rate from the federal government, like I pulled the most recent stat from the Government Accountability Office uh, or Office of Accountability, the GOA, because they have that stat. It's from 2017. They did us. They did a okay. How many people failed background checks in 2017? All right. How many of those people were referred to for an investigation to see if this was actually a problem, and how many were actually prosecuted? The number of background checks back in 2017 was something like 8 million. 
Of those, 112,000 failed. It were, were at least an initial denial. They could have passed afterward, which is the majority of initial denials. They look further into it and then pass it. Of the denials that stuck, only 12,000 were referred to for any sort of investigation. Um, roughly 12,000 were referred to for further investigation. Like, hey, look at this. This looks like a problem. Let's make sure it isn't. And you want to know how many of those ended in a prosecution in a case being brought, not even a conviction, but just a case being brought? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd say it's less than 100. It, it is much less than 100. It's 12, sir. <laughs> 12. 12 resulted. Now, that does not count state and local prosecutions. So there could have been state right. and lo local prosecutions because a lot of times the ATF is assisting another law enforcement body. But the DOJ themselves, out of 12,000 like sustained investigations over failed background checks, they brought 12 cases. That's it. So apparently failing a background check or the background check in general, which they're hinging this on, like, oh, if it doesn't have a serial number, you didn't do a background check. That's their big thing. No background check, no background check. They clearly don't care that much about the background check. And then I pulled another GOA stat to see why. It's because the number one reason to fail a background check isn't like you're a felon. It's you're, it's you're, an, you're an alien who is not allowed to buy a firearm. Hmm. I, I don't think like a lot of people understand like how one nine times out of 10 if I get a fail on a form it's not because this person was a huge criminal it's because this person has a name similar to somebody yeah and that's why they're like hey can you put your social on you know if, if you are someone who's ever gotten like a rejected 4473 I guarantee putting your social on there will help yeah, because it, it just it, it helps cycle it through. And here's the thing. Criminals do not need to buy all these. Are, are, are some of them doing it? I'm sure some. Oh, yeah. I'm sure some are. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that no criminal has ever bought an 80% lower. What I am going to tell you is that stealing guns from cars is far easier to arm people with don't leave your gun in your car yeah it, gar, uh, car is not a gun safe ladies and gentlemen i'm not not a gun i'm safe. not here i'm not here to judge you i'm not here to yell at you i'm here to tell you that from experience a car is not a gun safe and that is that is where criminals get guns i have um, the, experienced that experience it's not fun right Going through that it's not fun but it is enlightening about how much information you can give law enforcement that then immediately gets lost. I'll tell you that. We can, oh, go yeah. that. we can go down that story another time. But coming back to the rule itself, the final rule has a couple of things. One of the biggest is that FFLs um, have to retain their records permanently unless they give them up to the ATF um, at relinquishment of their license. Um, all the records that used to have a 20-year destruction are now permanent. Um, because apparently they found 1,300 instances where they did a trace and the trace ended because the record had been destroyed and didn't get finished. I don't know if those were ghost guns too, but they threw that in there as part of the reason that they're changing the rule. Um, so that was weird. 
And their other justification is we found up to 20,000 ghost guns associated with crimes, not, not involved in homicide, not involved in suicide, not involved uh, directly with a violent crime, but it is it was involved associated in some way with a criminal investigation. So they could have been picking someone up for failing to, you know, show up for court for a traffic ticket for a traffic. Yeah, yeah. a traffic and stop that they find one of these things in has now been added. To yeah, that it's been added to this pile of 20,000. What they don't go into detail with is the is the situation they're implying but they aren't confirming that a felon avoided a background check got their hands put one of these together and then used it to rob a liquor store like that's that's the that's the event that they aren't putting a number on that's the event they're implying through the numbers they do have in this thing and it's it's dishonest and it irritates me but as you were saying for your your polymer 80 you are almost grandfathered, sir. You're almost grandfathered. Oh, oh I'm almost grandfathered. Almost oh, grandfathered. I, am, I was wrong. Okay. Yep. So what you would have, because there is now a serial number that's on the gun, but it's on the uh, the slide, the slide uh -huh. itself, which I think the slide might now count as a serializable frame part because they redefined frame and receiver. But I, I had, I didn't get that far down in the rule, like what part you can now serialize and it counts. But I think the frame does because the, the, or the slide does because the slide carries some of the firing parts for a handgun. But for hand, but they split it, handguns and rifles. Rifles are receivers now, handguns are frames. So you might have to take the serial number that's on the slide and then put it on the frame and then you would be good. You can probably right. still use that serial number because obviously- yeah. It, it exists. It's a number that's on the gun, but I think it would have to go on the frame and then it's a serialized gun. And then when it enters the uh, traceable stream by going through an FFL again, which is where the rule is requiring the serializ serialization to go, is when it enters the stream via uh, FFL and it becomes part of a federal network, uh, you, would, you would be done. So like you're almost grandfathered because you've probably made the FFL if you ever sell that gun to an FFL and transfer it through an FFL if you do that like they already have a number they don't have to make one up so you're like 90% grandfathered but personal guns do, still don't have to be serialized they they right. make that point a personally built firearm still no need to serialize it it's when it enters the commercial stream that it uh, needs to be serialized now which is why they put that rule that FFLs now have procedures to serialize these things and you dig further and further and further into the rule and it's like ghost guns are banned but not because of ghost guns themselves are definitely banned 100 banned guys but the definition of a ghost gun is really funny a ghost gun is one that's really easy to assemble and they basically define really easy to assemble as uh it comes with directions Come, it comes with directions or it comes and or it comes with tools to help you. So if all of that comes together, like directions and uh, tools to help you with the final assembly, that is a ghost gun. But if it's just a frame, it's still just a frame. So they're going to be packaged separately now. Like, I, I, I hate to tell you this, 
the okay so let's be fair let's let's put the cards on the table why are they doing this it's not to save anyone it's not to prevent crime they needed an easy win on gun control Mm -hmm. they needed something that they could get across the line i think they thought braces were going to be the thing and then somebody came back with the raw data and was like no every firearm owner I literally know no one without a braced pistol. Be very yeah, careful. They, they got more popular braced, than conventional ARs. Yeah, there's literally no one I know who doesn't own more than one. One or more, one or more. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we go. How many of these people are we turning into felons overnight? Literally all of all them. All of them. Every single one. There are pro. I I am gonna I'm gonna make a wild accusation. Uh, there are probably more SBA threes in the wild than there are of any one given Magpul stock. I would, I would say that with the exception of like the Mo or CTR, which are some of the lo- longest serving legacy. Okay, stock, you know what? That's probably like the damn Mo. near accurate. But you go to one of the other popular one-offs, like B5 or something like that, that aren't as massive as Magpul. They're probably more SBA3s. There are so many. The government estimates when they first started hitting that rule were so absurdly low, the industry laughed out loud. And we're like, count again. Like every every company that makes AR pistols or ak pistols has put these braces on these guns i don't think it is i don't think people really understood the magnitude of what that definition would do so they i think they had to pull that one back that one yeah. is probably they, not going they forward. needed you're exactly right here they needed a win they needed they needed something especially before the midterms which we are approaching Tada! they needed they needed a an at-bat freaking t-ball bunt here that got him to first base that said no we did make progress on gun control when this is a crazy niche market it doesn't actually ban ghost guns at all it just juggles around the definition of receiver which i'll give atf this we needed a look at the up to update the definition of receiver because they are right in pointing out that most receivers are kind of just, uh, we agree this is the receiver. It doesn't meet the definition of a receiver. Like the AR lower does not meet the uh, Gun Control Act, or no, the the National Firearms Act. One of them. I don't remember which one it's in. But it does not meet the definition of receiver, like, per all, because the fire control components are split up between the upper and lower. But the but the ATF and the industry at large just said, well, you know, the lower is the one that the military was serializing. We'll just keep doing that. So that's the receiver. Right. Like that's the legal receiver, not the technical receiver, because technically ARs and other other guns like that have two receivers. And a lot of rifles and a lot of a lot of firearms now have two receivers. And even looking at the 80 percent, the Glock and SIG types. Those are technically split frame firearms as well, because you have fire control components up top with the striker system and then the trigger system in the bottom. But we only need the serial number on one part, one part in the frame. And SIG does it one way, Glock does it another way. But there's always a serial number for the commercial side of things, which does make sense because you can 
tracked commercial inventory, the serial number, which is good for quality control maintenance. But it just goes back to like, this was the easiest win they could squeak across the line that if you know literally nothing about the subject, which most of their voter base doesn't, so it plays to them, um, you can say, hey, we did the thing, even though the thing does nothing. <sighs> um, yeah, so here we are. They've bunted across. They've annoyed the smallest percentage of us. But also, guys, when they ask for comments, stop being jerks in the comments. I, we read that stuff, and it doesn't – it never makes our side look good. Act as if you were talking at a job interview when you yes. make a comment on the ATM. I don't want to hear anything from guys being like, well, you're you're just a – yeah. stop it. Be professional. Be nice. They, they, Be uh, nice. Be yeah, be nice. Job interviews, the great way is, is a great way to put it. When you are making a professional comment, act like you're in a job interview, even if you don't like them. You like we didn't like this rule, but comment comment professionally. Um and when it comes back around, because as this goes forward, here's another thing. I've talked to some of the people in the 80% market uh as this thing landed, and I'm like, are you guys worried? And they go, yes, but also no, because as we look into this, we're just going to have to change how it, it literally is change how it is marketed, instructed for assembly, everything like that. Because as long as you don't do these certain things, it's just a frame. If you do these things, now it's readily convertible. That was the big term they kept hitting on in the 364 page rule here was readily convertible. And they don't actually define what it means. They're just like, you know, you're not stupid. And we're like, no ATF, really, what does it mean? And he's like, everybody knows what it means. It's like that guy who keeps using the cool term and you all look at him like, you don't, you have no idea what that means. You, you do not know what SOG means. What does SOG mean? Please, what does SOG mean? And they're like, <laughs> you know, you know, um, it's a, it's a, <laughs> no, no, what's, what's SOG mean? What's seventh SOG? And they're like, uh, it's, it's the one, <laughs> one after six. Um, <laughs> that seems to be like the ATF, the, the strongest argument against this rule change and the rule change is not set to be implemented yet, although I haven't checked today. And uh, today being Friday and this episode airing Sunday, uh, Easter. Happy Easter, y'all. Um, but as, as of Thursday, when I checked, the rule hadn't been added to the register. So the 120-day countdown uh, for rule implementation had not started yet. But ultimately, this is, this is going to change how homemade firearms enter the commercial market and it's going to change how it gets, uh, how you have to buy them. They're not going away. This changes how you have to buy them. This changes how they enter the commercial market. And most gun stores I know won't touch them just because it's a pain, it's a hassle. So like, if you build it, it's yours, cool. Yeah. And then you don't, and then st you still don't have to do anything with it. You are not required to serialize your personally made firearm. You still aren't. It's only when it enters a commercial space. 
So I think we've probably beaten this horse pretty thoroughly. <laughs> if you didn't understand this rule at the beginning of this episode, and you still don't at the end of it. We get it. <laughs> Guess what? We really don't either. And neither do they. They're just throwing it at the wall. See what sticks. <laughs> we did something about ghost guns. And you're like, did you really? And they're like, yeah, it's, it's in the name. <laughs> We did put it in the name, sir. <laughs> yeah, we, we certainly did. My my favorite part of the rule, though, and I, I wrote up I wrote up a post on this. My favorite part of the rule is when the ATF goes after the people who called the rule vague. Their entire counter argument is, no, no, <laughs> it's not vague. And we're like, we're pretty sure it's vague, sir. Like, there's no definable measure. Like, it used to be eighty percent. Like, if it was eighty percent complete, eighty percent of the machining or molding operation had been done to the thing, that was what separated it from needing a serial number commercially versus not needing a serial number commercially. And they don't have that in the new updated rule. Their, their standard is readily convertible. And there's no like, it must take this long. It must require this many steps to complete. It must require, you know, this percentage of the parts to be added and fitted. There's none of that. It's it's literally just, you know, readily convertible. <laughs> Y'all know what ah, I mean. Vague and vague and unconvincing. Yep, and we're like, that's very vague and unconvincing. And they're like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> That was that was the entire defense. I read paragraph after paragraph. It's no, we're pretty sure y'all smart enough to fin it <laughs> to figure this out. And I'm like, uh, sir, have you interacted with the general public? <laughs> uh, <oof. laughs> I mean, yeah. you're not some wrong. Of, <laughs> some of them require assistance for other things that I don't think readily convertible is in their lexicon deeply. <laughs> They're not bigly aware of what that is about. <laughs> All right. So I think that's it. Um, we're going to go send a rescue party out after Caleb. Yeah, here's a Caleb for this next week. Uh, <laughs> stuck in the and... mines of Moria. <laughs> He's the one dwarf that still draws breath. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I brought a revolver. Woo! I got my Ruger. Hee <laughs> hee.